Welcome to Live in a Home That Pays You Back, the podcast for people who want to get the absolute most out of owning a home. Your host is Anna Simone, who explains how your home can be healthy, sustainable, and provide long-term security for you and your family. Anna's guests include technology leaders and innovators in the housing industry who share the kind of knowledge you need to meet the market with confidence. Make informed decisions about home construction, renovation, energy scores, water conservation, wind, solar, geothermal power, and lots more. It's time for you to live in a home that pays you back. Now here's your host, Anna Simone. Hello, everyone. This is Anna Simone. Today's topic is about geothermal energy. And here to tell us about how you can have geothermal energy to heat and cool your home is Kathy Hanoon, president of Dandelion Energy. Dandelion Energy was conceived at the Innovation Lab at Alphabet X, which is the parent company of Google. And that's where Kathy served as product manager of the rapid evaluation team. So, Kathy, I can't tell you how happy I am to have you here with us today. Thank you, Anna. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of Dandelion Energy and how it grew out of the famous Silicon Valley Innovation Lab? Of course. So our mandate on the rapid evaluation team at X was to find opportunities where we could use technology and new products to build a business that was doing something good for the world, if I'm going to put it um, succinctly. So uh, when I was there, I really focused on what opportunities might exist to do something useful for climate. Mm. Of course, climate such issue. Technical solutions are needed along with policy ones. And I looked at a really wide range of things. So everything from carbon neutral fuels to large scale sort of batteries for the grid and heat pumps. Ah. My heat pumps really stood out. They stood out because unlike many of the other more industrial scale projects I was looking at, you know, heat pumps are products that have existed for decades. They're, you know, actually very ubiquitous in the world. An air conditioner is an example of a heat pump. Your refrigerator is a heat pump. The devices that move heat from one place to another in order to provide cooling or heating. And they can be used to heat and cool homes. And there's two types of heat pumps largely for heating and cooling homes. There's air source heat pumps, which move heat in and out of the air outside, and ground source or geothermal heat pumps that move heat in and out of the ground. And the great thing about geothermal heat pumps is that the ground is kind of the same temperature all year round. They take advantage of that fact to work at very, very high efficiency, and that results in very, very low costs for homeowners. So I'll just say in the process of evaluating the potential of geothermal heat pumps, we found Americans could save an incredible amount of money over what they use today were they to switch to geothermal, but it hadn't really been a practical option in the past. And so the concept of the company really grew out of that insight, which was if we could make geothermal just an easier product for homeowners to get and less expensive to buy up front, there's so many benefits that would come from that. And so that's what we've been trying to do ever since. 
It's amazing. Well, you know, I covered geothermal energy in my book because I thought, what is geothermal? And I couldn't really understand it. And I just want to emphasize when you use the word, it's moving heat around. I think that is what takes the mystery out of it for me because a boiler heats up the water for, you know, like the steam radiators. And a furnace heats the air so that you have heat in your house. But the heat pumps actually move the air. They move the hot air and the cool air. Am I describing that correct? Because you're the engineer. And (laughs) I think our listeners want to know that the difference between a machine that has to work real hard and has a lot of maintenance and is only going to last so many years versus a heat pump, which is taking hot and cool air and moving it. So kind of explain that a little bit. Absolutely. I mean, I think one fundamental concept that's useful for understanding heat pumps is just to understand that um, temperature is just a measure of how much heat there is. Okay. Right. In let's say the temperature of the air is a measure of how much heat is there in the air. There are different concepts. So I promise I'll come back to that. But like when you have a furnace or a boiler, what you're doing is you're using chemical energy stored in a fuel, natural gas, fuel oil, or propane. Oh. And then you're um, you're converting that chemical energy into heat by combusting that fuel, right? That's that's um, scientifically what's going on. Okay. Whereas with a heat pump, um, it's... So in the case of a geothermal heat pump, you have these things called ground loops, which are just simple plastic pipes buried in the yard. Mm. And you just have water running through them. So um, imagine a pipe goes down under the yard and then turns and comes back up. So you have almost a cycle and water is just going down 350 to 500 feet underground. So like quite far, but it's in a closed plastic pipe. Then it's turning around and coming back up in that pipe. And as that water makes that journey, it's becoming the same temperature as the ground, just because it's in contact with the ground. And the ground will remain approximately 50 degrees Fahrenheit year round. So now you have 50 degree water. It's coming into your house and it's going into the heat pump. Um, What the refrigeration cycle inside the heat pump does is it uses electricity to sort of um, to concentrate that heat. So whereas you had a lot of water that was 50 degrees, you send that uh, heat into a refrigerant and then compress the refrigerant using electricity. And that boosts the temperature of the refrigerant to over a hundred degrees. And so that, uh, and then that refrigerant can exchange its heat with, let's say the air that is then blown through your house, thereby heating your house to whatever temperature you want on your thermostat. So that might be a little technical, but, um, you're using electricity to move heat from the ground into your house. You're not just going to have a 50 degree house. Like you can set the temperature of your house, whatever you want it to be, because you have that step in the middle where you're using a compressor to concentrate that heat. So so basically, you know, just for our listeners, 
the geothermal is everywhere and it's way below the core of the earth and and you're you're like gathering through these long vertical loops you're just gathering the thermal properties that are under the ground of a person's home which is as the department of energy says it's free it's clean it is probably the most practical source of renewable energy that homeowners could have because it's available 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. And it am I right in saying that it will never run out of supply? It, it's just always going to be under the core of the earth, right? Yeah, I would say that that is absolutely true. And we're super shallow. So 350 to 500 feet you're using some heat from the core of the earth, but you're also just using heat from the sun that shines on the ground and heats up that shallow layer of surface. So oh. one, one question I get from homeowners sometimes is like, how do I know if I have geothermal energy? Because I thought that, you know, you had to be in Iceland or <laughs> Hawaii to get access to it, right? And it's it's yeah. not that type of geothermal energy. We're not going thousands of feet into the ground to find magma. We're just using the 50 degree average temperature right under the surface. So basically, if your house is on the ground, it has access to this, as you've said, and it is always available. As long as those ground loops have been sized correctly, you will never run out and it's totally free and it's yeah it's exactly as you said it's like a it's it, it's right there for the taking and so i know that the department i mean there are geothermal maps so there's it's more popular in certain areas but isn't that more related to the number of companies such as dandelion energy that have you know set up a, a business to have mm-hmm. the people to go in and drill the wells. So it's just a matter of time when more and more people and both, I mean, it's available in both Canada and the United States. But I know that you're concentrated and you started in the New England states. But so I have to say, you have the most incredible website. I uh, can, I learned so much. So that's why I've been following your company for a couple Thank of you. years. And so you you answer every possible question that a consumer would have. And so just starting with like the first step, what would the first thing a consumer would do? Uh, they probably have to have a single family house, right? For our company, yes. So Dandelion serves single family houses in mostly New York, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. Right. Um, and for homeowners that are interested in exploring the option, I do think our website is the best place to start. So dandelionenergy.com. And we have a survey on the website, very short, um, that just asks like, do you own your home? Where is it located? That type of thing. So we can assess if we can even serve you, but assuming the answer is yes, then we would, um, just have a quick conversation with you to determine if the house qualifies and then give you a quote, right? Like here's, here's how much it would cost to do geothermal at your particular house. Cause the cost will depend on things like how big is your house? Um, 
where, you know, where is it located? Cause that, that determines what utility rebates might be available to you. Cause the, many of the utilities give thousands and thousands of dollars to homeowners to do yes, this. I saw that. Um, yep. And then yeah. to the extent people are interested at that point, we would send somebody to the home to do a fuller design for them. Right. So while well, you're sizing it, because if someone has a 2,000 square foot house, you have to make sure that the system is powerful enough. And some people have a 5,000 square foot house. So that's, exactly. that's important. But at the same time, um, is there like a minimum, y- you know, yard size for you to go and do the drilling? And because I, the footprint, I mean, how much of a footprint do they need when they bring their truck in to start drilling those loops for the vertical uh, ground source? Yeah, this is actually one of the um, problems that Dandelion has been focused on solving for homeowners. So before Dandelion, um, if you wanted to get geothermal, you would either need to use a truck-mounted rig, which is like the same type of rig that would drill a water well, for example. Uh, Or you could use um, what are called horizontal loops, but then you need a lot of yard. It's a good solution for rural homes. And for most homeowners, uh, those options would not work. Like their yards would, would be too small. And so Dandelion has really invested in acquiring and setting up the drilling equipment that allows us to drill very neatly in tight suburban yards. So we need about a 20 foot by 20 foot space to put the loop. Mm. Um, it can't be on a dramatic slope or, you know, there are some obstacles that would make it hard, even if you had that 20 by 20 foot area, but that's approximately what you need. And with, with the small drilling equipment that we use, we are able to serve most homes. So it's actually relatively rare for us to disqualify a home because there's nowhere to put the ground loops. Yeah. Well, do your engineers, do they have any kind of infrared equipment? Let's just say that you live in a hilly area, but your house is not on a slope. And you've got plenty of space. You've got like a quarter of an acre, a third of an acre yard and a suburban home. But in the general area, there are a lot of huge rocks. Mm-hmm. So what would, how, how would you know ahead of time if there's going to be a boulder underneath someone's backyard? Yeah, well, we really don't know. And the thing about yeah. the Northeast is there often is a boulder somewhere underneath okay. the air. Um, But yeah. it's okay. Like we can deal with it, right? And actually one, one misconception is some homeowners think, oh, I have like a really rocky yard or, you know, I have bedrock really close to the surface in my yard. That's actually easier for us than a homeowner wow. who has what we would call like a lot of overburden or a lot of soil before you get to bedrock because oh. the nice thing about bedrock is once you start drilling into it, the hole just um, maintains itself, right? It's solid. Oh. So you don't have to worry about that hole collapsing. You don't really have to stabilize it. It's just going to, you chip away at the rock mm. and it will be fine. So it's quite convenient actually. And the other nice thing about rock is um, it's very good at Trans, uh, moving heat. So you don't need as deep of a well if you have a lot of rock because it, it will operate more efficiently. Well, that's really working to your advantage. Yes. And so so um, I know I, I mentioned in our introduction that geothermal energy is used to heat and cool a home, but do you also provide an option for people to heat hot water for their bathing and showering? 
We do. Um, what we what we offer homeowners who want to convert their hot water is a heat pump water heater. Okay. So this is actually a type of air source heat pump that's um, used to heat and cool water, or I guess just heat water. But in the if you lived in a hot climate, like if you lived in Florida, you might choose to use what's called a desuperheater, which is just a piece of equipment that you can add to your geothermal system so that the geothermal is doing the heating of the water as well. We've found through, you know, we used to install these superheaters, but over time we found it's actually not really worth it in our opinion in a cold climate because um, it's it adds complexity and cost and the benefit just isn't as great because you're heating the house all the time. You're not cooling the house very often in a Northern climate. So we found it's just simpler and better for homeowners to install the hot water heater. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that been following geothermal activity in both Canada and the United States, and it is, seems to be more active in the the Northern climates. But so um, what is the typical timeline? So someone, you do an assessment on a home and, I, one thing that I was impressed with your organization is that you're providing zero upfront dollars for financing the whole process. Yes. So, so what would typically be the timeline and how much time are they spend, you know, drilling the holes and installing the heat pump? And also, does that include removing the oil fired boiler or, you know, gas hookup for furnace? I mean, is that all part of the process, taking away the fossil fuel setup? Mm-hmm. We include removing furnaces because we yep. have to, usually the, the geothermal heat pump will physically be placed where the furnace was. Okay. So we, we remove the furnace and then put the heat pump in its place and connect it to the same ductwork. In the case of a boiler, Sometimes we do not have to remove it because um, it's not always in the place where the heat pump will go. So, so okay. we do include the removal when when we have to when it when that piece of you know equipment will block installing the geothermal unit. But to your question about timeline, it varies across our territory. So we have some regions where the the t- well let me talk about there's two different timelines to talk about there's like from when a homeowner gets their permit to start the job to when they turn on their heat pump and they have heat right or cooling okay. in the summer so that timeline it can range anywhere from 4 months to as much as like 9 months and one of our big projects as a company lately has been to try to shrink those longer timelines down so that we're offering all of our homeowners three to four months. Um, but we've just had such a surge in demand recently because fuel prices have been shooting up. And I we've know. seen the Inflation Reduction Act give very generous subsidies for geothermal. And so I know there's been a lot of demand. And our biggest project as a company has been hiring and getting more drills and just trying to scale to meet that demand. And so our wait times are coming down, but I would say four to nine months is a good range. But not all of that time is active, not nearly. So um, when you look at the active time that a dandelion installer will be at the house, it takes about two to three days approximately to put the ground loops in. Oh, that's pretty quick. 
Yeah. Like that actual work is pretty quick. And then we have a team that comes and connects the ground loop into the home. So they, they dig a shallow trench and it goes from the ground loop in the yard to the side of the home. And then we um, bring that ground loop in through the foundation wall to the basement. That part of the process takes like two days, maybe one day, uh, depends on how many ground loops there are. And then installing the heat pump will also take about two days. So each phase is only about two days. Yeah. But we, um, we don't do them one after the other. It's like you get the ground loop, then you'll get it connected into the house. And then finally you get that heat pump installed. Yeah. So basically, if you have a homeowner who needs to go to the office or if there's two people and they're and they're they both need to take time off from work to be at the house uh, while you're there, you're not really talking more than a cumulative amount of five to 10 days with people in the home That's or the truck, the rigs in the yard. Yeah. And we only need people to be at home when we're inside the house. So some yeah. homeowners oh, yeah, true. Home while we're drilling, they choose not to be home. That's totally fine. So it's really, um, yeah, it's a few days when we're in the house that we would require at least one person to be home. Yeah. 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 So a six, a six to nine month timeline isn't so bad if you're just waiting for your town you know, building permit to come through or, you know, financing to come through or other things. So it's mostly just planning and emailing and. Yeah. A lot of that time you know, conversation waiting yeah. for our resources to become available. Right. Because we have yeah. um, a backlog of customers, but we are, we are um, those wait times have been coming down a lot recently. So I am optimistic yeah. we'll get to a three to four month overall timeline for most customers. I do think that, um, you know, one of the things we think about a lot as a company is how can we bring that down even further in the future? Because many people don't even think about replacing their heating or cooling system until it becomes an urgent necessity because their existing system has broken. So one of the issues we're always trying to think about is how can we put ourselves in a better place to serve those customers who need something right away? Yeah, yeah. So, Kathy, is Dandelion working with any builders so that a geothermal system is installed and there are ground loops or vertical loops that serve like a number of homes? I know in New England, we don't have a lot of new developments, but when when I was writing my agrihood book, I came across some housing communities in Texas and in the Southwest where the builders were offering geothermal energy as an option to their homeowners. And I thought that was fantastic because they were only paying one-fifth or one-fourth that they probably would have paid. So I, you know, can you fill in what I'm not saying? Because I'm trying to figure out how the builders actually do that. Yeah. We started the company as a retrofit company, so mostly serving things that exist already. But actually, one of our recent initiatives has been exactly that, to really branch out and go into new construction. And it's like, why are we building new homes with furnaces and boilers when we know that increasingly homes will be transitioning to heat pumps? We should just 
build new homes with heat pumps to start with. And geothermal is a great option for many homes. So yes, we are working with some builders. Um, one of our major investors is Lennar, one of the largest oh, home builders in the United fantastic. States. Fantastic. Yeah. And they're very interested in exploring geothermal with us for their homes. So it's one of our focuses for this year is really um, doing more of that, making more of our business, the new home market. I would, I want to announce on this podcast that one thing that Dandelion Energy is doing that I'm so impressed with is they are including what's called the Pearl Certification. And so the Pearl Certification means that it's like having a, a ResNet HERS index score of your energy efficiency. And I noticed that ResNet is partnering with Pearl also. But what Pearl does is it evaluates your home based on the asset value of the renewable energy c- component and features that you have. So let's just say you go to sell your house two or three or five years later, having the Pearl certification helps helps your real estate broker and your buyers understand that what has been done in terms of energy efficient measures which will probably include a renewable energy component you could have both you know solar you could have solar panels on your roof and you can have a dandelion you know thermal energy system and heat pump and what this certification does is it assesses the value of your property in consideration of those features. So am I describing your role in this right, Kathy? Yes, we offer that Pearl certification. And it, um, as you said, it includes the value of the energy efficiency or renewable energy in the appraisal value of your home. And I think, uh, you know, like one thing I noticed after during the pandemic, when so many people were moving out of cities to homes, um, you know, to homes, was a lot of people were surprised by how many homes in the Northeast are still using fuel oil, and like they have yeah. they, now, they they're responsible for purchasing fuel oil every year, getting their oil tank filled out, making sure it doesn't run out, et cetera, et cetera. So you can see how. Um, if you had the same house, but one used fuel oil and required a new homeowner to do that, and one had a geothermal heat pump, which is just like an electrically powered, extremely efficient, low-cost heating and cooling setup, somebody might be willing to pay a little bit more for the geothermal home just because they're signing up for much lower energy bills and it's just more convenient, you know? So I think Pearl really formalizes that um, and makes it so that the appraisal value will reflect that reality. Well, energy efficient homes are selling at 89 days faster on a multiple listing service and they're selling for, well, what was it? Average of like almost 10%. A couple of years ago, but now I think that's even higher. But I also wanted to say that, Kathy, earlier you mentioned the Inflation Reduction Act tax credit. And I've, I've, if you, if, if any of you read Earth 911, I, I wrote a very detailed article for Earth 911. And I have a whole chart about all of the different tax credits, which basically means if you spend $30,000 on energy efficient measures, such as a renewable energy system, your bottom line dollar for dollar tax credit means that you subtract 
$10,000 from what you owe on your taxes. Even if you pay your taxes in advance, that is what a tax credit is. It shrinks what you owe the IRS. Now, under the when Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act last August, it put into place tax credits that we've never seen before, such as a standalone generator. And everything now has a 30% tax credit. But if you have any questions on that, you know, you can always email me through my website, net. But what I wanted to announce, too, that because not too many people are aware of this, but when you ha- when you own a home or if you're thinking about buying a home, it is so important to Google your way through your town's, whatever town or municipality you live in, because there are 30 states in America that passed a legislative act saying that if you do energy efficiency improvements on your home, you do your your property taxes cannot be raised. But I want to clarify that. Out of the 30 states, and of course, that number might be growing a little bit, but most of the states will specifically say renewable energy measures, but a lot of them will also break out a statement and say it has to be renewable energy. So if your house is worth $500,000 and you spend $30,000 or $40,000 on a, a geothermal system or a combination of different types of energy efficient measures, your local town or city has control over whether or not your taxes can be raised. So you have to pick up the phone and call your town hall. If you want to know if your state has passed this state law, you can always email me and I will tell you. So, anyway, so Kathy, I just want to. Remind everyone they can go on your site, dandelionenergy.com. That's right. Start checking out what you offer. You will be amazed at the infographics, the video. I learned everything about the rigging and looking at the pictures, the day that the heat pump is installed, all your FAQ, your questions, it's all there. But can you share any hints about any future states that you're looking at to branch out to besides the New England states at this point? I can share some hints, though I have to admit we ourselves do not know yet. We have not yet decided exactly where we're going to go next, but I will say that we're starting to see just great policies come into place across the country. So, for example, Maryland is rolling out Mm. some really great geothermal rebates. Colorado has some amazing policies that support geothermal And of course, in the West, you know, California, Washington, there's a lot of states out West that are really on the cutting edge of moving buildings towards electrified heating and cooling. So there's a lot of opportunity and yeah, we'll have to figure out where exactly our next stop is. But for now, yeah, we're available mostly in New York, Connecticut and Massachusetts. Yeah. And you've done 1,100 installations so far. I'm in Connecticut, and I noticed that you have an operations center here that you just opened. But that reminds me, because we talked about the federal tax credit, but one of the amazing things about the Dandelion Energy website was you actually have a guide as to what state incentives and state tax credits that are being offered as incentives to homeowners 
for all of the states that you're active in. And a couple of news too, because I noticed you had Vermont in there. Yeah. What the incentives are. And so just familiar with my book, Live in a Home That Pays You Back, my book includes a list of like 2,000 incentives for every state in America and every Canadian province. So whatever you're spending on energy efficient measures, remember your government and your local government wants you to take care of your house. And not only is renewable energy cleaner, but your home will be healthier and it'll be great for your family, just moving away from fossil fuels. So again, it's dandelionenergy.com and Kathy is the president of Dandelion Energy, and she has been with the company since it was created out of the Alphabet X Innovation Lab right in Silicon Valley. That's right. Kathy is a Stanford-educated engineer, and I think that Dandelion is so lucky to have her at the helm. Kathy, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Your insight has been great. I hope to talk to you again sometime. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kathy. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Live in a Home That Pays You Back podcast. We hope you tune in again where we'll share more insider secrets so you get the absolute most out of your home. Check out Anna D. Simone's award-winning book, Live in a Home That Pays You Back. Available at Amazon and major booksellers in print, audio, and ebook. For more information, visit AnnaDeSimone.net. If you like what you heard, remember to follow Live in a Home That Pays You Back and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.